The Impossible Book Return A life evading library marshals was not something that I pined for. I fostered books from the Nashville Library with fines amassed well into the tens of thousands. Though I would not formally recognize their barbaric fining system, I felt a moral obligation to return those checked-out blocks of printed literature to their rightful home. Under heavy camouflage, Spud Fligger, with his fake teeth and taped arms, was about to return some books to the most secure library in the country illegally. While surveilling the entrance of the library from the Aloha, I found cameras pointing towards the pavement outside as well as the vestibule inside. In the man trap between those two sets of sliding doors was the book return bin. Just to the right were three heavily armed security guards. Two were safeguarding the bag x-ray scan area in the exit lane, while the third randomly frisked patrons as they fled the facility. Every 10,000 seconds, a violator would be dragged away by a quick response unit, assuming the escortee was attempting the theft of library material. After 20,000 seconds, a guard change ensured a fresh level of library security. Getting to that book return was too risky, and with posts at each corner of the rooftop manned by more armed guards, I knew a top-down entry was even worse. I exited the Aloha to locate a cleaner path. I spotted a side door with no visible cameras or thermal detection, but it was secured with a proximity sensor and a heavy metal frame, impenetrable without precise instrumentation. I started in on the sensor, noticing exposed wires. Perhaps I could shorten the connection, thus releasing the bolt. I drew my Swiss Army knife and began to clear the connection. Forget your badge, came a voice from behind. I thrashed my head around in a heart-racing fashion. I, uh, yes. It was the only sentence I could muster. Here, let me get that for you, suggested the man, advertising a ponytail. A symmetrical part divided his skull into two equal sectors. He had old mud stains on his boots. His eyes came together, forming wrinkles near the joining of both brows. He was undoubtedly putting puzzle pieces together in his brain, first finding the corners. Say, do I know you? He challenged. Damn right he knew me. He wasn't a hunter after all. He was the one stalking me in the woods, Wyatt Urkel. I could see the crinkles on his face slowly ebbing. The tip of his hair lay flat against his flannel. No wind. I knew you stalked me in the woods, jerk! I yelled while winding up from my hip and popping down on the nozzle. Fiery mist poured into his eyes, chased by screams of suffering. None doubled back into my own face. Bear spray without wind is remarkably potent. I snapped his badge away and darted through the side door, knowing my book return had a countdown before the alarms sounded. I swiftly merged into the common area to meld back with the commoners. At a mobile book return cart, I was proposed by a lady in her late forties if she could help me with anything. If she could help me with anything? What nerve of her after what her organization did to me out in Montana? Was she involved in my wildlife encounter last fall? Almost certainly. They all were. I could think of only one retort. Nice try, cougar, I snarked. I excuse me? W what did you just call me? She deceitfully replied. 
damn right you're excused. I placed the books in the cart and shuffled away contently, knowing that she knew that I knew that she knew. Fade seemed to black. This book return story was inspired by true events. After returning from Nashville, I would take a quaint road trip to the tracker school in West New Jersey hosted by Tom Brown. With my trusted tent erected in a field at the edge of some forest land and as a part of a temporary tent city, I spent an entire week at the survival school. I attended short classes and field demos, engaging with other like-minded amateurs. I had learned to start a fire with a bow drill there, among many other basic concepts, and decided that quenched my thirst. Not well enough to feel self-sufficient in an emergency survival situation, but well enough for deciding I was not all in on that lifestyle. To be proficient would require far too much time at such a high opportunity cost of other endeavors. I had the tourist souvenir experience, and that seemed accomplishment enough. Coming back, there were spontaneous stops in Pennsylvania along the way, which hosted its own plethora of rustic splendor. What was next? The idea emerged to work at a local golf course long enough to save up more money and head out west next season yet again. Sometimes, the next opportunity is beyond those uncertain peaks requiring another crusade in the right conditions to find out.